Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Mike, the Louisville Cardinals have racked up the three seed in the Big East tournament. We've got a lot more to talk about. Stay tuned for one hour, the fastest hour in fantasy football. Here we go. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it straight from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need the same music. No one man to have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Uh, 
Curtis Holmes, I mean, I mean, they just keep on going down the line. Uh, John Laskowski, and uh, you can never forget uh, Turn Reeve. I mean, every one of these guys, they're very good at what they do, and uh, we're just trying to transition into a different event, a different game, and uh, this is going to be a fun, a fun time for those that didn't get involved. Well, maybe next year for those that, for those of you like maybe you, Scott, looking at like. What the heck is this all about? Uh, man, this is day by day by day. Well, yeah, it is day by day. I mean, it's every single day. You have to keep on top of your game. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't wait. You know, I saw some spring training games, and uh, I'm just uh, I'm foaming at the mouth thinking about this. But we can get back to football. Well, Mike, I'm going to jump in there with you, buddy. You got Sean Markham of the Brewers. You think he's a 20-win guy? Wait, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> what? what? Hey, Sean, hey, look, hey, let me tell you something. Uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's improved. Scott, Scott, you're, you're coming You're coming this way, aren't you? You're coming this way. I can tell. I can already tell. Sean Markham, is he 21 guy? Not in that division. No way. Uh, St. Louis, he, they will not allow that. Cincinnati, they're going to hit off of him. Uh he could be a 20-win guy in a different division, but not not that division. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got Indian outfielder Gary, uh, Grady Sizemore trying to work his way back into the back into the lineup after recovering from that micro. Man, I can't do it. I just can't do it. You got to stop me. I, I can't talk about baseball, okay? Not gonna happen. I, all I'm doing is sitting here looking at Jeff Gordon articles on the World Championship uh, fantasy baseball page, and I'm reading them off. You got the Wainwright injury. Uh, you got, uh, you know, young hitters, Dexter Fowler, the rookie. You going to take a chance on that kid? Not me, because I'm not playing. <laughs> I'll leave it to you, bud. That's, I'm right, right, that's back. what we do, oh. man. Uh, you know, uh, it's just uh, it, it's a fun thing, uh, just uh, especially the, the draft. It's going to be a week from Sunday, and I can't wait. Uh, Joe, uh, my partner, Joe Dix, I mean, he's uh, – He's anxious. He's waiting. He's ready to go, and uh, we're just we're just gonna have a lot of fun with it. And uh, you never know. You you take the chance. You do this, and uh, it can uh, it it can parlay yourself into a, a seat at the uh, main event in FFPC. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open this fat tire right here. It's a fat tire Friday, and uh, you know I'm gonna let you and uh, Glenn talk about baseball. You actually had a couple of baseball fans at the chat room here tonight. Uh, the, the chat room here at Red vs. Blue, we affectionately call the crew uh, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. I can tell you I see a couple of names in our chat room tonight that are in the top 20 uh, of high-stakes fantasy football, and those rankings will be debuted here uh, in the very near future. Just got off the phone with our good friend, Amo Catholic. The rankings are done. The world fantasy manager rankings. He called them fantasy manager rankings. I prefer to call them fantasy player rankings. And uh, I've seen the names King of Queens. I've seen the names Alex Kaganowski. Uh, I, I know for a fact Wayne Ellis has got to be popping up that board as well. And you've also got Lance Turby's uh, sports betting man in the chat room. So there's a, there's a lot of good players in that chat room tonight. We're going to sit back and have some fun. I'm going to take a sip. Uh, Mike, we've got a lot going on. I've got my notes here for the for the program tonight, and I want to first off uh, let everybody know that we do have uh, the Fat Tire Inbox. You can reach us 
uh, Scott at RedBlueRadio.com, Mike at RedBlueRadio.com. If you have any questions for the show, we'd be happy to answer those. Our Twitter, please follow us on Twitter at RedBlueRadio. Uh, I want to shout out to my friends on Twitter, Jim Day, Fantasy Taz. Uh, jump in on Twitter uh, and, and one of his draft masters. If you want to get in on draft, he's had 27 draft master drafts uh, in football already since the Super Bowl. Like 27 draft master drafts he's been involved in. He runs them on Twitter and on my fantasy league. Uh, it's, I've already, I'm already in one of them. I started off my draft with, like, Andre Johnson at the nine pick and came back and grabbed Michael Vick at 2-4 just to give it – see what it looks like when you draft a quarterback early. I'll tell you, man, he's going crazy over there. 27 draft master drafts. If you want to jump in, follow Jim Day at Fantasy Taz on Twitter. I know it's – Are you on Twitter, Mike? No, I'm not. You know, Charlie Sweetsheen uh, jumped on Twitter, and he's already got 1.6 million followers. So in a matter of seconds, he can send a message out to 1.6 million people. It's pretty incredible, the power of Twitter. Brian Fontaine is somebody you should be following, Mike, on Twitter from RookieBlitz.com, the owner of the founder of RookieBlitz.com and the co-founder of DynastyBlitz.com. He's a very busy guy, very knowledgeable guy. You get a lot of your news and information First, and if you're in these leagues, and I want to I want to shout out to the Ant Sports League. They have the uh, free act, free agency. Mike is free for all. So once you have the blind bidding segment run, there's free for all. Yeah. So for those of you that are heavy on Twitter, if you join up on those Ant Sports leagues, I'll tell you what, you can get an edge on your competition on Twitter because you get the news before, as soon as it happens. If you're following the beat writers. You follow all the fantasy guys, you're going to get the news and a, and a jump on your competition. Uh, but you need to have a free agency system that gives you the opportunity to do a free-for-all. And those draft master, uh, I'm sorry, those Ant Sports Leagues give you that opportunity, Mike. I don't know if you've heard of Ant Sports, but oh, yeah. uh, they are oh, yeah. free-for-all. Hey, Scott, I've played uh, Ant Sports uh, quite a few times, and uh, I've been uh, thinking about getting on Twitter and you know, I, I I guess I'll do it. Uh, it's just something that I've never really thought about doing. I mean, it was it was a heck of a move for me to go to uh, Facebook, <laughs> but uh, you know, after about a year and a half, you know, I've got a lot of uh, got a lot of friends that I've connected with. But uh, Twitter, uh, you know, in the in the world of uh, social media, uh, you know, it, it might be a good thing to do. Yeah, uh, Twitter is definitely something that you get the news. Fast on Twitter. As soon as it happens, if somebody's on the field and they see it happen, they tweet it, and bam, you have it in seconds. It's, it's the fastest form of communication out there, and you get your list going. You use TweetDeck. It can really, it can really be something uh, that you have a lot of fun with. So, okay, that's Twitter. Definitely uh, follow those guys and, and get it in. But Mike, this is the week, man. Uh, you know me. And that can be only one thing, Mike. That is the American Idol theme music. It started back up. Look, if you have a wife and you have kids, you've got to make time uh, for American Idol. Uh, you got to, you know, here's what we do. We we, we uh, record it on DVR and we fast forward through the commercial so I can make it quick and as painless as possible. And you make the wife happy. Isn't that what life's all about, Mike? Happy wife equals happy life, okay? That's the advice I'm going to give you. 
I look, dude. I have a wife. I don't have a kid, and I don't. I don't watch network TV because it's a bunch of sarcastic bullcrap. So uh, I'll just let you have the forum on that because honestly, I think it's a bunch of crap. I mean, you got to be kidding me! You guys are going to buy into American Idol? You guys going to buy into all this crap that's on TV? I mean, I'm sorry, I don't get it. And the thing is, I'm thinking about should I show mercy on you? Should I start Benson and show mercy? Or should I start Terrain and really just hammer you down? I don't know what to do. I I don't know. Part of me feels like mercy. Part of me feels like, eh, go ahead and start Benson and just win by 10, 12 points. You think, you think you're gonna, you think you're gonna beat me? That thing's the heck out of American Idol right now. That, what you just played beats the heck out of it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was Mike's guarantee, his infamous guarantee on our uh, on our local league, our Louisville Legends League. We're we're in every year. Uh, we are uh, Louisville fans and Kentucky fans, hence the name Red versus Blue. So we do have to start our show off since we are in the heat of March Madness. The Louisville Cardinals, Mike, they locked up the three seed this week in in the Big East tournament. The Big East is, is predicted to have 11 teams in the field of 64. I'm going to ask you right now, do you think they'll live up to the billing this year in the, in the field of 64? Yeah, well, you know, they never have lived up to the billing uh, as far as uh, making it to the uh, late eight, final four, uh, final games. But uh, as far as uh, 11 teams, uh, absolutely. All 11 teams des- deserve to be there. Uh, Seton Hall, took, they took a bump in the road uh, last night against uh, Seton Hall. But uh, that that's a tough, tough conference, and uh, I think every one of them deserve. Um, Louisville, they've impressed me. They've really impressed me by just the way they go about things. I mean, they've gone in and out with injuries and things like that, but they continue to impress. Uh, the, thing that, the thing that you need to look at is uh, – you know, this is preseason. I keep talking about this and saying it, but it's preseason. Even the conference tournament is preseason. There's no change. Louisville's going to be a 2, 3, or 4 seed. Kentucky's going to be a 5 seed, maybe a 6, no matter what, no matter what happens in the conference tournaments. So this is just practice time. And then when we start two weeks from uh, yesterday, that's the real deal. Not the conference tournaments. But two weeks from yesterday, that's the real deal when the uh, when the whole field gets going. Yeah, this is one of those games that uh, I tell you what you don't want to you don't want to lose. Uh, but there, there is not a lot on the line. But I tell you, this is a team about momentum, and there's a lot of talk around Louisville fans that this is the most exciting, fun team for the fans since the 2005 Final Four team with Cisco and Garcia and uh, and Taekwon Dean. Uh, this team with Preston Knowles and, and Kyle Kirk and uh, Pey- Peyton Siva and Jennings and, and, and Smith, the list goes on and on. This team is a is a true team. And, and a lot of people said that this year was going to be the bridge year, Mike, but I think what we've learned by looking at this is last year was the bridge year. Last year's win at Syracuse in the, la- in the last game of Freedom Hall, closing it out. The loss to Cincy, you lose to Cal. They were looking ahead. They were looking ahead to that Duke game. That was Edgar Sosa. He was a classic looking ahead at the Duke. This year's team, Mike, they're not going to look ahead. I don't think I see that in the cards for this team. 
No, they, they uh, they're solid. I mean, they are very solid. Uh, it, it doesn't matter who they bring off the bench uh, because of injury or what have you. Uh, they bring in different guys, and different guys step up to the plate every day and uh, and gets it done for them. Uh, I, you know, I don't see a chink in their armor uh, other than the fact that, uh, you know, they may be hurting inside. Uh, Mike, we've got uh, a lot going on in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, and uh, I, I want to get right to that. I want to give you a, a chance to chime in on the Kentucky Wildcats for the three listeners that you have. Uh, that follow Kentucky, go ahead and let them know uh, what you think about Kentucky in this weekend's game. Well, I think Kentucky, uh, they're going to have a tough game against Tennessee. Uh, you know, but regardless, uh, whether they win or lose, uh, you know, they're going to be they're going to be seated with Bandy or with uh, Florida in the SEC tournament. And uh, it's not going to make a bit of difference that they're going to be a five seed or a six seed going in to the NCAA tournament. That's what counts. And uh, from that point forward, uh, they've got a lot of work to do. But uh, one thing about Kentucky, uh, they can't win on the road, but they will not be on the road from this point forward because the way they travel. I'm drinking my uh, six-pack of Fat Tire tonight here on the show, this Belgian beer. you got to love it. Uh, It gives me the liquid courage I need to speak on these issues. NFFC, let's talk about the National Fantasy Football Championship, Mike. There's new ownership coming in, and uh, Greg Ambrosius, a lot of people thought that he would, uh, and a lot of people hoped that he would own and take over the reins at the NFFC. It looks like he did that, but then turned around, found him a back-end partner, (laughs) and uh, you've got Stats, Inc. uh, running the show along with Greg Ambrosius at the helm. Um, it was a story we posted at the Fantasy Players Association website. We put out the news. The good news is I received emails and phone calls this morning that continued checks were in the mail. Huh. How about that? Today. And people started to receive checks today. That's great. And, and you know what? Now the, the, the message boards are back up. I mean, everything is just great now, and, it, and, and, it's, and it's nice that the NFFC is rolling in the right direction. What do you think? Well, you know, I tell you what, uh, it's kind of a ni- it's kind of nice uh, if I'm an employee and uh, it's March fourth, uh, and I win something that I finally get paid. Uh, I don't know. I just gotta I gotta get more uh, credibility. Uh, other than, hey, we paid everybody. You know, you gotta give me something more than that. So that was that's fanball's fault, Mike. That's not NFFC's fault. That's fanball's fault.
a chance and a crack at these uh, big-time players, Sean Childs and, and uh, Chad Schroeder and, and, and Glenn and these guys that play uh, high watch, fantasy football. Uh, well, since we talked today, you know, I've been watching it and uh, looking at it. Uh, it's, a, it's a little too uh, short short time frame because uh, a lot of leagues are already set up. I mean, you're talking about 30 rounds, and uh, it's it, it's tougher than tough. Uh, you know, I mean, it don't get it. It, it gets hard, but uh, you know, I can't really go into the go into the NFBC right now. But uh, you know, if they're going to put something together real quick, then uh, then good for them. And uh, I, I hope that they put together a good league and uh, people get paid off, and it, it works out great because it, it makes them only look good come next year. Rich McClellan, Rich McClellan to the white courtesy phone. Uh, Rich McClellan to the white courtesy phone. Uh, okay, let's move on, Mike. So the NFFC, uh, it looks like they're back and uh, ready for a big push in 2011 with Stats, Inc. and Greg Ambrosius at the helm. Now, let's speak on the FFPC. They made a couple of big announcements this week. One that I'm, uh, uh, you know, obviously if you don't know about the FFPC, the funds are held in an attorney escrow uh, they're fast payers, uh, you know, uh, ran by players. It's a, you know, it's a good contest. They hooked up with the footballguys.com last year, got over a thousand teams in the FPC. They, uh, they had a couple of announcements that they announced on their message board this week. They've added a $75 co-manager fee, man. I don't, $75 to go sit at the draft table with you, uh, at Caesar's Palace. Now the, the, the reasons given were that, Hey, you wanted at a nice hotel, uh, you want the good food, and you want all the all the amenities to come with it. We've got to we've got to be able to uh, pay the bills, and and, and a seventy five dollar co manager fee seems fair to them. Uh, Mike, what do you think of adding a seventy five dollar co manager fee like the other contests do? Well, that's you know, Scott, that's been done over and over again, uh, and I think that the uh, FFPC is one of the last to add the co managers fee to it. Uh, you know. I mean, it was done with the uh, NFFC, and I don't – that doesn't bother me a bit. Uh, you know, you, they got to take care of them, th- them things. They got to uh, take care of the uh, charges to make the uh, – to make the uh, uh, the contest and everything about it, to make it good and to make it, uh, you know, financially feasible. And uh, so I that doesn't bother me one bit. Well, you know, hey, it's a co-manager fee, whatever. If you want a co-manager, uh, you know, if they get in there for free and they get a free meal out of it, I don't know how you can really, you know, that's a good, that's a good deal, man. Uh, no more free peat bonuses. If you, uh, if you won last year, Mike, if you won a league last year, uh, the good thing, the free peat bonus is that you get a, if you're able to repeat that feat in the next year, you get a free peat, a, a free entry into it in the third year. So pretty cool contest. So let's say you join up for a. $125 uh, Satellite Genesis League, and you win the Satellite Genesis League, and then you come back and you win it again, uh, you get a free entry into that league the following year. Uh, there were several winners there last year. I don't know. It might have cost them maybe ten grand to do it. It was a pretty uh, nice incentive. There are no more free peat bonuses, uh, but it does sound like they are going to grandfather it in. So if you did win a league last year and you do repeat, you will get that chance. Very nice gesture on their part to uh, even though they are ending it to go ahead and honor the opportunity to free peace to those that have, have won those leagues. They also introduced a high society league, Mike, a $10,000 league. 
a $10,000 entry fee league uh, with a 95% payback. And the cool thing is that I saw about this $60,000 top prize. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big deal. You'll probably see some of the biggest names in fantasy football, Glenn Schroeder, Chad what? Schroeder, uh, Rich McClellan, uh, Wayne Ellis, uh, Lance Turvey, Robbie Brown, Mino Brown, these names. Uh, these names will probably be showing up in the, uh, the, the, the granddaddy here at the FFPC, the High Society League. Well, something, Scott, that uh, they continue to do is, uh, you know, they always say uh, what they're continuing to do. And, uh, you know, it's hard to beat because uh, they're just opening up different contests. Matter of fact, they've opened up that 14-teamer uh, uh, on uh, whether it's uh, the 77s even. Uh, I mean, those are different kind of contests that uh, you want to uh, – you know, if you want to jump into the 14-teamer, hey, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'll definitely jump into a 14-teamer for the uh, uh, 77. I think that'd be kind of cool and a unique twist there. The 14-teamer, though, uh, I don't know. That You know, you've got, if you're the FFPC, you've pretty much got all of your events laid out in the way you want it. You've got the main event. You've got your satellites. You've got the big payback. You've got the Terminator. Uh, you've got the the 128, uh, field of 128, and you've got the player, you got all these contests. you got kind of everything you really need as a contest. I think expansion is a little overkill, and maybe a little, um, and then you got the high, high society, and you got the big payback satellites, which I love. Uh, I definitely want to play in one of those this year. But you've got, uh, you, you, you don't want to water down this thing too much. You want to give everybody a chance to go ahead and make these and fill these and make them, you know, you know fill them up. Uh, I think if you go into that 14-team market, uh, where the NFFC has always lived, you know, you may have a little interest there, maybe one or, or maybe uh, you know, maybe maybe a couple, maybe maybe I have a lot of interest. I just I just think it's kind of difficult now to to spread this out and and you know what what can you do? You've already got pretty much everything covered, so you know will it work? It might. I don't know, uh, but I don't think I'll be jumping into the 14 team fray over at the FFPC. Well, you know what, uh, I can I can see what you're saying, Scott, because we we. We've been there with the NFFC, and uh, we've tried it. It's hard. I mean, it's very hard. But uh, I can see a, I can see a lot of uh, a lot of people going, "Hey, why not? Let's try this. Uh, let's try this fourteen teamer and uh, see what happens." Um, I can see myself doing the seventy-seven with the fourteen teamer, absolutely. You know, uh, very easily. Uh, just trying to, for one time, trying to accomplish the. Championship with a fourteen teamer, uh, so I can see some trying to do it. Man, the uh, chat room is, uh, is is buzzing right now. Uh, you got your your good friend John Duckworth just showed up and said he's going to kick your tail in that uh, in that baseball man. So uh, you're going to have to maybe well, maybe I'll John. Uh, well, I tell you, I, I'm looking forward to going against John and. Uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a good time as long as he wants to meet me in Cincinnati to watch the Reds beat the Yankees. Oh, that sounds like a challenge. Sounds like a challenge. Uh, Mike, let's let's move on here, buddy. We talked about the NFFC. We've talked about the FFPC. Uh, the FPC is going to be back first year over a thousand teams. That sounds like a winner again. Uh, let's talk about the World Championship of Fantasy Football here for a second. The granddaddy of them all. 
they signed a multi-year deal with the MGM Grand. That sounds like a pretty nice deal. Uh, to be at a, 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 a venue like the MGM, um, you know, a place that's in a good part of the strip for a lot of us that enjoy that part of the strip. It's not really the high roller district. It's more of the if you're if you're taking your wife and the family, it's a kind of a nice area to be over that end of the strip because there's a lot of fun hotels on that end. So I kind of like that area a lot. Uh, and it sounds like they they signed a multi-year deal there. Uh, but it, it looks like on the message boards, Mike, there's a, there's, there's you you've got a a, a a semi big crowd or a small crowd of however you want to look at it of, of folks complaining about not getting their checks on time. And and you know here we are in March. Uh, this is a contest that has been around the block. They've been here for quite a long time. And it looks like they're having a, a, a few issues. Uh, Dustin seems to explain some sort of logistical issues with getting the checks out. They are pushing checks out 12 to 24 at a time, uh, it sounds like. And we're in March, Mike. Uh, what do you yeah. make of all that? Uh, that? That don't sound good. It smells bad, and I wouldn't uh... – you know, if you're a part of that contest, then uh, I would hope that you you would get paid pretty soon. And uh, the first thing that I would do is never get in, never to get get into it again, uh, unless somebody tells you says, "Hey, you know, here's here's what happened, here's the problem." Uh, but I guarantee you that it'd be right next year. But you know, I, that's that's a lot of money at stake in these contests. Um, and I, I really, uh, you know, I shudder the, the fact that, uh, you know, when a lot, when these guys put up that much money, like, I've never put up that much money, but when a lot of these guys put up that much money and, you know, they're expecting to get paid and there's nothing coming in, then there's a problem. So that really, uh, that really bugs me. We had uh, we had some concerns uh, about a uh, from one of the FPA members, the Fantasy Player Association members, and I didn't have an answer to tell them, so I posed the question to Dustin uh, the other morning, March second, and I asked him if he could explain the reason for removing the general discussion and the Ask the WCFF forums from the public view. It appears you have to log in to see these two particular forums, um, and. The uh, so so that was a question we posed it to Dustin. Uh, Dustin definitely said he appreciates uh, what the FDA is trying to do. Uh, he he does prefer to uh, keep the uh, the conversation uh, amongst himself and his players. Uh, he did state that the W uh, WCFS did not want to respond directly to the FDA on that particular matter. Uh, however, they do always welcome direct inquiries and questions. Huh. And and I, and I think that would be fair to uh, make sure I'm fairly representing that they do always welcome any direct inquiries and questions. So we posed a question, and uh, we weren't able to acquire a response. They did not want to respond directly to the FPA on that matter. Uh, so there you have it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just uh, everybody has different views. I mean, Dustin, I mean, I'm sure he has his uh, his view on what's going on. Uh, you have your view. I do, too, myself. And, uh, or, uh, you know, it's it just we just have to determine what's going to be fair 
and right for everybody that's involved because nobody wants to get screwed out of money. Nobody wants to get screwed out of what they've worked hard. I mean, let's face it, this game, it, it is work. It can be it can be hard work, and uh, nobody wants to get screwed out of something they worked hard for. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not defending you. I'm not defending uh, the show. I'm not defending Dustin. I just want everybody to be happy, and I think that's what you do. do uh, that's what you want as well, Scott. Yep. So uh, you know we've got uh, we've got the issue there, but they, you know, hey, they they have locked down the MGM for uh, several years now. I think a four year is what I heard. March twenty fourth starts the World Championship of Fantasy Baseball. And the drafts are in Las Vegas, New York, and an online uh, competition there at the main event for a $200,000 uh, grand prize, Mike. The entry fee is about $1,750, and you have to, uh, you, you, you obviously have, a, like I said, a $200,000 top prize, 100000 in cash, 100000 is a dream job. Uh, I think it's payable over five years. Uh, with some form of requirement, uh, I, you'll have to look it up. You can go to the WCFF uh, website and check that out. I'm not a big baseball guy, but I know there are a lot of fans of the baseball competition. Uh, I think they had about 150 teams or so last year, and they're hoping to get that or more again this year. Uh, and and we'll have to see if the baseball face will come out to play, and, and that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see what uh, what type of uh, results they get. From this uh, this competition, we do have somebody on the line here from the nine three seven. That appears to be Rich McClellan from the Fantasy Players Association, the managing editor. Rich, uh, what's on your mind tonight, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Scott? Hey, Mike. Hey, what's up, Rich? Uh, you know, just uh, just listening in. Uh, Got to get my fix. Being the addict, like uh, obviously our whole little group is here. With nothing better to do on a Friday night, but uh, but talk football. But yeah, Scott was just talking about the whole uh, the whole issue with the WCUFF the other day, and so we've had a couple conversations about that. You know, always wondering, you know, what what exactly is going on because sometimes it is hard to find out. You know, Dustin, I thought responded back to Scott very quickly uh, with the emails and all that, even though he, uh, you know, he didn't really explain what was going on, but he did respond very quickly. That's a step in the right direction right there. Hey, that's a good point, Rich. Uh, it was a very timely response, and it was, uh, I mean, it was even uh, mobile, sent from uh, sent from iPhones, you know, so that, you know, you're doing business on the move and, 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 and kind enough to respond and uh, put that out there. But, uh, yeah, we've got we've got some serious, uh, serious uh, issues for players that just, just want to get their checks and uh, get, get that out of the way. Uh, you've got people waiting on, uh, you know, engagements. You've got people uh, uh, that have booked vacations. You've got uh, people that have spent that money, and they're waiting for it, and it's late. Uh, those are the facts. So let's get that money to them uh, so we can move on to other things and talk about what we're going to do. What we need, Rich, is for the NFL to get underway with their business at hand the NFL and the Union extended the CBA for seven more days. Rich, that sounds like a positive sign because otherwise decertification was on the way. I know that's a new hot term right now, and you're probably going to have lots of lawsuits everywhere. They've extended it for seven more days. That's a good sign, right, Rich? Uh, yeah, I think so. It makes me wonder, uh, should we just ignore 
everything that they say between now and next Thursday because nothing will happen until they're within one day of the deadline again. That that seems to be the, the triggering point. So I don't know if that's just so that everybody can catch their breath or, or exactly what they think they're going to gain in a week. I mean, there's no there's no question that if it if I think if it becomes more contentious to the point that things really do break down and we and the union either decertifies and or uh, the owners attempt the lockout, um, you know, you read some stories in some places that say that that insinuate that if the union decertifies, that nullifies the lockout. But I'm not so sure that I, I, in other places I get the insinuation that the owners can still say none of the players are allowed to show up, and isn't that the same thing? Even if it's a lockout with a small L, uh, it still seems like they can do it. But don't you think that it would be a lot more contentious if it actually reaches that? Because if it gets to that, then that would kind of tell me that both sides have dug in. And clearly in the past the owners you know, have shown that they have the – the money and the wherewithal to outlast the union and outlast the players. So I think if that happens, then we really do, you know, Alex has to start worrying about, you know, does the, do, do, do things start on time? We all could be uh, screwed by the time September rolls around if it gets that bad. Well, you know, I, and I, 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 personally, I, I think that this, uh, this, this delay or, uh, Extension, uh, that was meant for a reason. Uh, the reason is uh, so they can get it all done. Uh, are they going to get it done by the time the extension is 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 over with in the next seven days? I, I think they will. Uh, the only reason I think they will is because I, I think the players and owners are both backing down. That $9 billion uh, uh, revenue deal that they're talking about, I mean, that's a lot. The owners want more, and the players do not want to back down from that. Uh, I think that the 18-game season is going to happen, but on the other side of it, the players are going to gain from that in the end because that $9 billion, the, the what they're talking about there with it, that sharing is going to come more to their end. So I guess I'm, I'm reading too much into this, but uh, – I think the the stay of execution, so to speak, uh, is going to end up working in the players' favor, and the players are going to end up winning out on the end. Look, uh, I heard on uh, the news that it's about uh, the money they're talking about being out or being off, and the difference between the two sides is about twenty five million uh, per team. It doesn't sound like a lot, but I guess you you know you. Uh, you do the math on that, Rich. Are you a math guy? Twenty-five times uh, thirty-two is, uh, you know, that, that that money starts to add up a little bit. You, you, you're talking about nine what? million. Nine million. That's a lot. Well, there is there is obviously a ton of money to be split up, uh, and it is, you know, it, it always gets portrayed as, uh, you know, billionaires against millionaires, and. You know, I guess that might be fair in terms of uh, what the overall averages are for the players. Obviously, a huge percentage of the players are, are, uh, or I guess I shouldn't say huge. A significant number of them are, uh, you know, minimum guys. But they're, you know, but they're still making, you know, 300k or whatever it is. So it's not like uh, it's not like we should feel sorry for them. I think one thing to look for. Tell me what you guys think. I think uh, uh, what what a lot of these meetings so far have not been face to face. Uh, they're meeting in the same building, and the the mediator, the federal guy, is going back and forth. They're not really all in the same room. 
I think I think uh, if we see some meetings where they're all in the same room and also on the owner's side next week, uh, in the first couple days of the week, if some of the owners themselves actually show up for those meetings, I think that would be a big indicator that there is some progress being made because what they have a 10-man board uh, that is essentially supposed to handle all of this, but but a lot of them uh, have proxies there and aren't really showing up. Uh, so I think if some of the owners started to show up, that would be a big indicator that we are headed down the road, and hopefully Mike's right, and they, they really could wrap this up by the end of the next week. That would be great. Go ahead, Scott. I don't think you're going to get them into the same room, Mike uh, uh, and Rich, until – the deal is done. I mean, it reminds me of a classic math lock case where they've got them in the other rooms and their the, the lawyers are going back and forth on the plea bargains. And you know, that's just what it sounds like to me. They're, they're not gonna they're not gonna strike a deal uh, at the same table until it's done. Uh, so uh, it just depends on whose ego wants to let go first. And I don't think and I think the math is actually eight hundred million. That's the amount they're off. Yeah, they're off uh, in between each other is eight hundred million. So. Is that something that these uh, that either side can can uh, allow to uh, you know you just split in the middle and, and cut it in half and be done? Let's go. Get the well, season on the well, road. We only got free agency on the way. Pierre Thomas is back with the Saints. Uh, your boy, Rich uh, James Jones, not tendered, becomes a free agent. Uh, Jordy Nelson, where do you put him, Mike? Where do you put Jordy Nelson in the ranks of wide receivers since James Jones was not tendered? I mean, he goes in front of the list. I mean, he he goes very high, uh, you know. But it, it just it you you have to uh, figure out what's going to happen in the next seven to ten days. Uh, if nothing gets done, I mean, we we have to realize this. If nothing gets done by say a week from uh, right now on this show, we are going to deal with a very 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 uh, tough situation here uh, in the world of. Uh, NFL and fantasy football, and, and a situation that I'm sure a lot of uh, owners and a lot of uh, owners of uh, leagues don't want to have to deal with because it can be very difficult because it will be long. Mike, there's a league uh, that I'm in that Jordy Nelson is a free agent, and he is in the rookie pool, the rookie free agent pool. Uh, so if you're drafting and you have a, a, a draft pick, obviously 1-1 one, one, A.J. Green, 1-2 Mark Ingram, something like that, Julio Jones, Mikel Shore, uh, you know, you've got uh, Ryan Williams, you've got Jonathan Baldwin. Uh, whereabouts do you put Jordy Nelson in rookie uh, draft picks? Wow. Oh, that's toughy. Uh, you've got to put him uh, upwards of uh, third. Rich, what do you think? You play Dynasty, bud? Uh, no, just actually uh, was just uh, discussing someone the other day with someone the other day to, to get into Dynasty for the first time. I, I mean, I think in that kind of a situation, uh, if you follow the Packers closely, um, one thing about, you know, Jordy is a piece, he's a cog in what they consider an overall passing game. They run multiple formations. They're one of the only – I'm sure there are a few other teams that do this, but they require all of their receivers to learn every position. In fact, your Michael Finley, the tight end, knows all of the wide receiver plays at each position. And if you go back uh, – Finley was hurt in the fifth game. If you go back and look at the first four games for Green Bay, uh, Finley led the team in targets. 
And you, if you figure he comes back, figure drivers fading, but drivers still going to play. With James Jones leaving, um, I think they will try to plug in another cog, but. In that Green Bay system, there will be games where Nelson will go 9 for 140 and a touchdown, and there will be games where he'll go 2 for 15. I think anybody who who drafts him expecting that he's going to become a major cog on a team where, at best, he is the third receiving option, admittedly, a lot of numbers are going to get put up, but I just don't think you can depend upon him consistently. So if, if you were playing Dynasty, Uh, I don't see that occurring. Finley and Jennings are both young. He's never going to be the main target in Green Bay. And if he goes to another team, would he have the same value? He'd probably be a two if he went to another team, uh, you know, in free agency or in a trade or something along those lines. So I I think I would not rank him as high dynasty-wise just because I don't – you know, I can see him catching 60 or 65 or something like that, but I I can't really see it getting to be much more than that short of injuries. I think you guys are yeah, totally missing, missing the boat on Jordy Nelson. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, you know what? Uh, when Rich was kind of breaking it down with uh, Jordy, uh, you know, I've got him on one of my uh, dynasty teams. And, you know, I, I love the guy, and, you know, and seeing what he did in the playoffs and the Super Bowl and things like that, I'm going, wow, everybody's got to be excited. But then again, it's like kind of what Rich said. I mean, he could, uh, you know, week one, you know, I can see a two for nine. Week two, I can see a two for nine. Week three, I can see a seven for 120. Week four, I can see a two for nine. So, exactly, the the inconsistency factor, uh, I mean, that just plays in big time uh, if you're a dynasty owner and, and even if you're a redraft owner of Jordy Nelson. I, I mean, it's like, when can I bank on him? Do you, you have to do your matchups, I guess. He'll suffer from the Dion Mike. I I also think he'll suffer from the uh, San Antonio Holmes Dion Branch deal too, where because he had that big game in the Super Bowl, the mediocre kind of players who kind of pay attention are going to remember his name, and when they're looking at a list of guys that are you know maybe you're picking as a wide receiver too, I think he gets drafted way earlier than I would ever take him. Yep. Wow. You know, I I just think uh, I I followed this kid. Uh, all in the college ranks at Penn State, waiting to find out what team he landed on. He landed on the Green Bay Packers. I patiently waited. I didn't see anything developing, but I heard he had the smarts. I, I just don't know what the problem was. And then you look at this offense. I mean, what makes him any different than an Austin Collie? I mean, Austin Collie's a weapon. He's uh, probably the fourth option on the team, and he's a deadly force with Peyton Manning. I mean, you got a 4,500-yard quarterback and a 25-30 touchdown type quarterback on your team. Anything is possible with these with this offense. And right, uh, yeah, Michael to Dallas, Jennings to Reggie Wayne. You you've got Jordy Nelson, who can be a very dangerous weapon in that offense. I think he's be, I think he's getting neglected, and I think people are going to be taking a chance on all these rookies when you've got a sure thing in Jordy Nelson that can push you up a decent game with very little effort, thanks to Mr. One Aaron Rodgers. You give him a ground game, you give him the ground game back, that's going to make things easier on Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to be more cold. You thought, look, we thought Aaron Rodgers was good this year. We expected him to be a whole lot better, to be honest. If you remember, before that draft, in the preseason, we said, oh, my God, this guy in this offense could put up uh, 5,000 yards. I mean, it could happen. This year could happen. Uh, but you lost the run game, made everything more difficult for that team. That team could be exponentially better in the passing game 
Yeah, Here's the I agree. Game. I'll, I'll move on. Mike Sims Walker done in Jacksonville. I had two trades for him before this went down. I got rid of him. Uh, one trade in the 1250 dynasty. Mike Sims Walker. I got Montario Hardesty. The other trade I got Jordy Nelson. Which deal do you like there, uh, Rich McClellan? Mike Sims Walker or Jordy Nelson? Well, I, I I think they're inconsistent for different reasons. Actually, hearing you say that, you know, I, I, I have to agree you've got a point. Even if it turned out that he was third in targets, uh, let's just say he takes some of the James Jones pie, there's no question that compared to what a lot of rookies would do, that, you know, just going a little higher than what I was predicting, if he catches 75, he's, uh, you know, he's got excellent speed. He's, he's a, a, a sneaky deep threat himself. Uh, he was a sneaky deep threat at Kansas State, by the way, not Penn State. But I, I kind of I, I figured you you just misspoke there. But I do think that I would rather have him than Mike Sims Walker. Mike Sims Walker would disappear in games where he was the clear number one. So that, there are two completely different uh, scenarios in terms of why they're inconsistent. So I think that was I think I would have liked that deal no matter what. Well, yeah, I, I tell Mike you what, if I can jump in real quick, uh, Rich and Scott. Uh, Mike Sims Walker, he was a clear number one in Jacksonville. Uh, would he fit into a New England type of offense? Yeah, yeah, he could, he could be a lot better there, but he wasn't a clear number one. Matter of fact, in the camp last year, everybody said Mike Thomas was clearly the better wide receiver. He was the one that was turning the corners around. He was the one that was showing he was the best wide receiver in camp. They knew it. At about that time, and that really, I think, it, I think it just totally shook Mike Sims Walker's confidence. I don't know what right. happened, or you know, some of these guys can't handle success either. There's a lot more to this game than just raw talent. And uh, you know, you get in there, you get a big ego, maybe you get a big head, maybe you get lazy in the playbooks. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons why these players don't succeed or why they show flashes. Remember, remember the guy in Tampa, Mike Clayton. I mean, looks fantastic, and all of a sudden, this happens all the time in the NFL. Get used to it. Mike Sims Walker done. Jordy Nelson. Winning, um, Plaxico Burris, I'm going to bring up a sore topic for Alex Kaganowski. Plaxico Burris will be released, and he'll be out in June. Uh, two teams that stand out to me that feel like Plaxico Burris fits, the Atlanta Falcons or the Oakland Raiders. Mike, which one makes sense, either, neither, or both? Uh, neither. Uh, I don't think – I think the Raiders might take him, but uh, – Atlanta, Matt Ryan, he's not going to put up with that crap. Matt Ryan, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with what Matt Ryan does. And uh, Matt Ryan, he wants uh, he wants people that are going to be team players, and I'm not sure that Plaxico Burris is going to fit with Matt Ryan. So uh, maybe it could be Oakland. Rich, I'll give it to you, buddy. Um, I just, I, I, you know, I haven't. I hadn't thought about him recently. It's an excellent question to to kind of throw out the idea of where might he go. I mean, if, if you think about it, he fits perfectly into the Rex Ryan jet thing, and he'd still be right there in New York. They're, you know, they're going to be in a questionable scenario anyway. They, they've got to think that they've got to sign either Braylon Edwards um, or Santonio Holmes. And then, of course, I don't know if you – if you saw at the Super Bowl, but uh, Revis Island was making the big pitch on Chad to try and convince him that he should go to uh, to New York. But I could see Burris fitting in there. Uh, whether or not they would 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 go for that, I don't know. But don't you think he 
he's he's going to probably get a job somewhere where someone knows him. I don't know. I don't know what assistant coaches there are that have been scattered around the league that have played with him over his career and, and saw how he could be utilized. But he kind of strikes me as one of those guys that will get a chance, and, it, and maybe it will come because there are people who are really familiar with him and would be willing to give him that chance. I'll give you one other name, guys. And what would you think about a Plaxico to Baltimore situation? He pairs up with Bolden, Ray Rice, that coaching staff, that defense. You might have that addition, might put that offense over the top. I don't know if he's going to be in game shape by that time, but he's classical birth. I think he's still got a little bit left in the tank. Owen Daniels resigns. Where do you rank this guy? I mean, there's a lot of elite tight ends this year. Owen Daniels back in Houston with Matt Schaub. Mike, I know you're a big Matt Schaub guy, so I'll give this guy to you. Yeah, I want to need Owen Daniels to uh, to step up uh, quite a bit, uh, along with uh, – you know, Aaron Foster, he's going to have to run well. And, uh, you know, my quarterback in my hyper uh, two league, uh, that's Matt Schaub. And so I need Owen Daniels to have a breakout year this year. I mean, because he, let's face it, he laid down this year. Yeah. Yeah. So Owen Daniels is a guy that if he can stay healthy, I, I had my eyes on uh, – who was the backup there in uh, in Houston? Uh, Dreesen. I have my eyes on Dreesen, too. And if Daniels isn't quite ready or if he or if he falters at all, I think Dreesen would step into that role nicely for you dynasty players out there. It's a, it's a guy you might want to uh, take a flyer on. And then uh, the big news here in Indianapolis, if you're a Colts fan, uh, you were sad to see Bob Sanders go. You're even more saddened to see that he lands in the San Diego Superchargers. <laughs> Uh, Rich, Bob Sanders to the Chargers. Uh, what do you think that does for that defense? Well, you know, you, you, first of all, you have to be skeptical. You know, nine games in three years after being the defensive player of the year doesn't doesn't really make anybody uh, jump up and down uh, thinking that you're going to be there. I think even I don't even think he played all 16 games when he when he won uh, defensive player of the year. I mean, he's he's an impact player, but doesn't he seem like? He he is a uh, an example of the too strong, too fast, too big thing that keeps happening with the players. Not that he's all that big, but he outplays his body. He doesn't know that he can't run in there full blast like that. And I just I I don't think any it's going to be any different. I think he'll play. He'll have an impact when he does play, but it'll be hurt. Mike, they've also they've also got uh, some questions in the chat room. What about Nandi Asamoah to the Jets? What do you think of that move? Well, the Jets are going to try everything, and uh, they're going to try uh, to do what they can. Uh, uh, Ryan, I mean, he's already. Uh, in. Oh, Yeah, I couldn't do. It. I couldn't make it through the show without the buzz on me yeah. going on. Rich, thanks for joining us tonight, Mike. You've been a pleasure as always. Good luck to your Wildcats this Saturday. Rich, get the heck out of here, you Packer fan. We'll see you uh, later in the week. And uh, thanks, Rich. Right, guys. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We will see you next Friday uh, with Emil Catalik uh, debuting the 2011 Fantasy Player Rankings. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, uh-huh.
21st century Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it Scream from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess baby superhero don't need a same music No one man should have all that power The clock ticking, I just count the hours Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power Broken, the school's closed, the prison's open We ain't got nothing to lose Everybody, we rollin' uh, Everybody, we rollin' With some light-skinned girls And some Kelly rollin' And this white man world We the ones chosen So good night, fool world I see you in the morning uh, I see you in the morning This is way too much I need a moment No one man to have all that power The clock ticking, I just count Take care. 